Alright, let's begin this bitch, huh? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hatin' while I skatin' all the while masturbatin'. That's, That's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah! And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug Tilly! Number one super guy! Bow, bow. It's really coming together, you know, doing that live. I'm not talking to you. Oh, today, why? <laughs> oh, because I, because I, I picked this movie? <laughs> Very, very upsetting. Uh, it's, it's understandable. It's completely understandable. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny you your anger at all. I feel like we might be giving away our hand a little too early this I don't week. Know about but that. Uh, we yeah, gave away our hand on Twitter well before we started recording. Look! 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 <laughs> Uh, this week's movie is The Hollywood Strangler Meets the Skid Row Slasher by, by Ray uh, Dennis Deckler, or in this by Ray Dennis, Deckler, or in this case, Cash Flag, yeah, Wolf or... Schmidt, uh, Sven <laughs> Christian, whatever you want to call him this week. Uh, actually, Wolfgang Schmidt yeah. is probably my favorite of his uh, of his aliases. I mean, Cash Flag <laughs> is iconic and awesome, but but really, I mean, who comes up with Wolfgang Schmidt as an alias? Well, I love the idea that maybe he chose it just to make it seem a little bit more arty and a little <laughs> bit more foreign. And uh, and when watching the movie, I was like, I'm prepared for a arty experience. <laughs> uh, that that whatever I was expecting, I was uh, well about five minutes in. I knew that those hopes were oh, dashed. Yeah, Mo, the Hollywood Strangler meets the Skid Row slasher, chosen chosen by yes. you. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be accusatory. I, I, I think maybe in the past I may have uh, been responsible for choosing a film that wasn't uh, great. We both, we both have our we both, fair share of bad choices. We both have. But, that said, um, I'm so upset at you, I'm <laughs> never going to talk to you again. <laughs> this, movie, this movie is shit. It's so uh, bad. I mean, like, look... This is no budget nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Our standards are are completely off what what you would expect from uh, from your average fan of sure. film because we watch films that aren't are really in some cases not even designed to be no. any good. But really, uh, you know, we have this. We've talked about it before. The sort of um, sliding scale. But this movie can uh, only be, and we've said this before too. It can barely be described. As a movie, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just sort of, you know, seventy-nine minutes of rep- repetition. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, it's essentially, I mean, it's it, this movie is almost the, 
almost the textbook definition of insanity because you keep watching the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Uh, let's let's start by saying that with Ray Dennis Steckler, I think a lot of us are familiar with his work, uh, Rat Finkabubu, which I know you're a oh, big fan. One of my of, favorite uh, movies of all time. And of course, the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies, which has got a legendary title. And it's also, hey, I think that movie's actually a lot of fun, uh, visually at least. It's a lot. It's of also fun. one of the most fun movies to use on those uh, replace a word in a title tags <laughs> on uh, on Twitter. It's it, it's. I mean, it lends itself to everything. And like I got, I got it this week with the Indiana Jones and the Incredibly Strange Creatures who stopped see? living and became mixed up see? zombies. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Um, so we, we are aware of his work, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Ray Dennis Steckler actually started his career as a cinematographer, uh, and in fact, a lot of those early films, those films in the 60s, uh, they have a kind of a unique visual style. You can see that sometimes he was trying to do things well beyond the small budgets he was oh, working yeah. with. So that, that's what distresses me the most about this film, which he decided to do without having a script beforehand, which, I mean, that was his method of working, so it's not that mm. unique. Um, but he also did it without sound. He didn't record any sound when he was making it. And that's not th- that unique either. Certainly for the 70s, it wasn't yeah. very unique. Uh, I mean, certainly any of the uh, Italian films that you watch, they were all recorded without sa- sound because a lot of times they had international cast. So in this case, all the dialogue, uh, and it's hard to call it dialogue because it's all almost... It's all internal. Uh, it's, all, it's all internal. I mean, the, even the external, there is some external dialogue, but that... We're never really sure whether it's actually taking place or if maybe that's all in his head as well. It's The whole uh, movie kind of takes on, as far as the dialogue is concerned, this weird kind of ethereal feel to it because like, you never know who's actually talking or who's supposed to be talking out loud or, who ha- or who's got an inner dialogue going on. You know? And it seems, like, it seems like any character at any time could have, inner, could have this inner dialogue and it's just and it's very confusing i mean the whole i and i even kind of take took note and said that the audio for the most part sounds a lot like a mid to early like early to mid 70s like porno film you right know? exactly and, and and where it's just like you know nobody's mouths are moving and and it's really disconcerting cuz you're listening to people talk but nobody's saying anything it's it's rough. Maybe in retrospect, maybe it's more arty. Yeah, than I was gonna I say. I mean, it is for. arty. I mean, in, in that regard, but I mean, but it's, it doesn't make it any better. You know, but going back to what I was saying, though, he began his career as a cinematographer, but the visuals in this are so flat and yeah. so. I mean, there's really nothing to it. And let let us not forget this movie, which looks like it could have come right out of 1965, was made in 1979. Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, to me, when I think of, of horror, which is this is like a slasher movie, uh, not traditional yeah. horror, but. Uh, this is post-Halloween. So, I mean, this is the kind of thing that it's being compared to at the time. Can you imagine sitting and watching Halloween and then it's like, oh, the Hollywood Strangler meets the Skid Row Slasher. It sounds like a reasonable follow-up. And then you get this. Then you get this, Mo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This, which you have decided we must watch. <laughs> look, look. My big decision was I wanted to watch a Ray Dennis Steckler film. <laughs> By some chance, I thought this would be an appropriate one. Yeah, I read a few reviews of this film, and it's, you know, uh, mixed opinions at the very least. Uh, Most people obviously are very negative about it, and some are 
positive in the way that people sometimes feel the need to be positive about things that other people say are horrible. Um, I want us to be very honest about it. There are some things I actually kind of liked about this film, and uh, some of the the quotes that we are going yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, there's some uh, interesting. You know, there's definitely some interesting stuff happening with the you know the post dialogue, but. Um, I mean, that doesn't make the watching the movie any less difficult. It's a very unpleasant viewing experience because of the repetitiveness, because of the fact that it doesn't look good, because of the fact that uh, what actually does occur isn't very interesting, yeah. and what it builds to doesn't ha feel climactic at all. Um, though I will say that it does have a very appropriate title. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> yep. Uh, in fact, it's a title that gives away the ending. Sorry, a spoiler alert right there in the yeah. title. Um, it's a it's it's a frustrating movie, and I felt very frustrated while watching it, and I felt very frustrated afterwards. And uh, let us release some of this frustration. I should I One should thing I did like a, uh, I actually should have taken a, a page out of your book and and started mm -hmm. watching it a couple of days ago, and took a and taken a break and went back to yeah because I tried I shoved it all in this afternoon. You know, and because I'm collecting, because I'm, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, because I'm collecting all the audio as I go, it takes me, you know, it usually takes me about time and a half longer than what the uh, than what the normal length of the movie is anyway. So it's like I started around like three this afternoon collecting shit, and I had to take so many like little breaks from it that that I only finished watching the movie about twenty minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's it's. So that's like five hours for, for anybody who doesn't, yeah. you know, who can't do basic math in their head. And even if you were just watching it, watching the regular 70-minute version without all of that, the, what you had yeah. to do, it still would feel like Sure, exactly. It, there is a kind of madness about it because of that, the repetitiveness, but uh, we'll, we'll certainly jump into yeah. that on this week's episode of No Budget Nightmares. In fact, why don't we jump into it right now with... The Hollywood Strangler meets the Skid Row Slime. Yeah, I love how... So, so, we op so the movie opens up with this guy who... Apparently his name is Jonathan Click, but it ne it's never Click. said once during the entire movie. He's just... He's the Hollywood Strangler. That's it, you know? I'm just going to call him the Strangler. Yeah, I call just him the Strangler. Easy on myself. That's all I'm going to call him, you know? Um, you know, we got the Strangler and the Slasher. The rest of the characters that are all <laughs> periphery. Um... But I love I love that I love the fact that he, I love movies about creepy photographers. Oh, great! You know? I mean, well, I mean, well, well one of, that's quite a niche that you've, well, that my, you've become a fan one of. One of my there, favorite well. movies of all time is Scum of the Earth, which is about oh, a right. creepy photographer, and uh, and it's just I, I love it. I mean, because because like I'm because I I fancy myself a photographer, and I'd love to get into like you know that kind of like. <laughs> you know, creepy photographer sort of material or we're taking like, I don't know, like fetish pictures or like, you know, that's, you know, boudoir photos or whatever. <laughs> Mo porn boudoir photographer. See, it's, it has a ring to it. <laughs> now, in this case, yes, the Strangler is a photographer of women uh, and nude photographer mostly. But my understanding was, and I'm sure that you would know more about this than me, Mo, because you're part of these uh, what scum of the earth sure. people. Um, but uh, these are call girls that he's he's making appointments with. So the the photography is really just a front for uh, them being prostitutes. I think that's pretty fair, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah, they're prostitutes. That's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, and he, uh, but it's very odd because that is the implication that you get from the film. But he does not respond well to the when these women start to come on to him. He doesn't. He doesn't appear to like being touched. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and we'll ex- ex- sort of explain why uh, in a little bit. But all, uh, as we mentioned before, since there was no sound uh, during the making of the film, it's all done in voiceover. It's all very like, kind of taxi driver style. Um, you know, they're all everyone is scum. They're all yeah. I mean, that, that's 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 a really them. nice way of putting it. I, actually, I think I think a more <laughs> appropriate comparison would be water power. Yeah. Oh right. I mean, because that's because that's really much more much more similar to to, to this. And actually, I kind of wondered if uh, if because I mean, because that was made two years before this. And actually, might right. I add, looks one hundred and fifty percent better. And is and for being a porn about enemas is actually a better movie. <laughs> that pretty much says it all. You know what was I was comparing this film to when I was watching it in my mind? I was like, remember that scene in Las Vegas Bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Where uh, where Sammy is just walking down the street and it, the people are like looking in the camera because they are obviously just filming it sure, on the sure. street. Uh, there were like like long sections of this film that are just like that, where it's just people walking yeah. around. I mean, the the most valuable thing about this film is that it's uh, it's like a travelogue. It is a wonderful uh, kind of of general collection of images of Hollywood Boulevard in the late 70s and what that looked oh, like. Well, and in that least, case, it's kind of yeah, interesting. at the very least, one stretch of Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, one <laughs> stretch. One really sleazy yeah, because stretch. because the, the movie clearly takes place at, in one location. You know, right. I mean, and that's the part that confused me throughout, throughout watching the whole film, is that here you've got not one, but two people who are killing people regularly in the same mm-hmm. neighborhood. You know, we don't see, we don't see cop one. No, you know, (laughs) like we don't see them disposing of the bodies or trying to clean up after themselves. It's just they murder, and then they sometimes we see them going and visiting pigeons or running on the beach, and that's that's it. it. That's that's the whole movie, by the way. I think I just summarized everything that happened. The entire movie, (laughs) you know. So we begin with uh, with the strangler photographing a girl, and I mean this scene that starts the movie. This is pre credits. It really sums up. About ninety percent of what we're going to see from now on, he has a bit of a voiceover. In fact, why don't we listen to a bit of what his uh, his voiceover sounds like? And in I shall be out of her misery. So creepy. <laughs> I, mean, I like it. That, I like it. That, that is. Do you want to go down on me? <laughs> I mean, that, that's a really reflective of what the the film is like. The women are are they all immediately, even though this guy is sleazy and scummy looking. No offense to Pierre Agostino, who's the actor. In no, question, but let's but let's but I mean, face he, it. Let's face it. You know, nobody can pull off sleazy and scummy looking like the French. You know, <laughs> I mean, this dude pulls it off in spades. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, he's he is a filth bag, and <laughs> <It> really is. <laughs> but it's also really confusing. He's a photographer, and it is implied. I think he even says it that the money from his photography is how he kind of lives his mm-hmm. life uh, and pays for these uh, women. But uh, at one scene, he says he didn't even have film in the camera, and it, we never see him actually make a living. Yeah. He has a house that he lives in, or an apartment at least. But I mean, how does? Well, I mean, if you, this... if you, I mean, if we have to put like. You know, I mean, if we have to, like, add our own subtext to the film, I would say more than likely he's got sort of two lives going on where, you know, in one he's taking pictures of regular people and making money off of right. it. And the other one he's bringing a camera to hookers, you know, and killing them. <laughs> and word never gets around. But, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, you know. 
I mean, well, Warwick so he can't takes get it, around but, because he kills anybody, any of the witnesses. Oh, that's a brilliant plan. Oh, I wish I'd have thought of that one. <laughs> so he uh, he is photographing this woman. She starts taking her top off. He voices uh, the voiceover says that he's going to give her what she wants. Don't rush it. Oh. And uh, then he starts strangling her, and he strangles her to death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how he gets his name. And get used to get used to that because that's what happens. The rest of the movie. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> Because he is a Hollywood strangler. He's in Hollywood. He strangles. Boom. End of story. It's pretty straightforward when you think about it. It, it is. Uh, and we go right into uh, the opening credits where, of course, we learn that uh, this film is directed by Wolfgang Schmidt, the famous Austrian uh, author. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we get to see what, uh, what the strangler, what old Johnny does when he uh, isn't strangling people or taking photographs. He just likes to hang out with pigeons, sometimes not wearing a shirt for some reason. For um, some reason. That's what he likes to do. <laughs> Only you can understand me, pigeons. <laughs> Only you understand me, pidgeys. <laughs> um, and, oh man, I don't... This is going to be difficult to talk about because... we've already because, explained the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, beca- because it, the credits end and we go right into him talking to a girl on the mm-hmm. phone. Um, and we, by the way... The explanation for why he is a psycho is that at some point he was either married to or had a girlfriend named Marsha. Yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I had to get that in there very early. Uh, and Marsha, uh, she apparently, from the dialogue, we imply that she was a model and uh, she had uh, people taking photographs of her and she ended up cheating on him and it drove him up uh, around the bend. And now he's looking, it's, it's kind of twofold. He compares all the women that he meets to Marsha because he's looking for someone who is pure. Uh, but also he blames them like he blamed Marsha and theoretically killed her for uh, sleeping around on him. Yep. Seems like a minor overreaction on his part to, I mean, he kills, what, like seven or eight people in this movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, if you want, if you want a, 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 like if any of the listeners, I should say, wants a, a good idea of how repetitive this movie is, just go to the IMDb page for this film and just read <laughs> how many characters are named victim number whatever. I mean, it's just, there's, I mean, six or seven just for the slasher, you know, or no, I'm sorry, for the strangler and, and four, three or four for the slasher. You know, who, who who doesn't get around quite as much. But, uh, but I mean, but like half of the credits on the films are victim number something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so in this case, he calls up one of these call girls and uh, then he goes to uh, their apartment. And it, what's kind of funny about all these places that he visits is, um, y- you know, we interpret that they are actually prostitutes. But when he gets there, like all the lighting for the photography is already set up and ready yeah. to go. <laughs> so, and I mean, he doesn't do any prep. He doesn't, he doesn't do any, I don't, I don't know much about photography. You might have to correct me, but I mean, you have to do like, like light gauging and things like that. Don't you? Um, and he Most just takes, taking photographs. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks in with his camera and just starts taking photographs. And I mean, like seven seconds later, strangles. uh, the woman has her, sorry. I said seven seconds later, he strangles them. He strangles them. That's right. It's cause, cause, um, they'll start, Teasing him. She's, she's teasing, teasing me. Marsha used to tease me. Marsha used to tease me. I'll stop her teasing me. Like I teasing. His, the way he talks is so <laughs> ridiculous. 
you know, and there's some and there's some really great examples later on. Uh, and we, and, I, and we trust me, we got them. You know, we got the audio for them. But but there are some because <laughs> what else is there? Because uh-huh. what else is there? Yeah. Right? The only audio we can present is audio of him and maybe some of the ridiculous background music. Yeah. There are some songs that are just crazy in this movie. There's well, I mean, the theme song. You know, a little bit of you heard in the opening there. Uh, that's the theme song. Oh, that's the closing song during the ending credits. Uh, which is completely bonkers. And then there's another song like mm-hmm. midway through the movie that's completely insane. <laughs> it's yeah, it's great. I mean, and that's all there is to this movie. I mean, it's like the like the visuals are so piss poor that you know, like you don't even want to watch it. But there's but there's a lot of interesting audio going on because it seemed like um, it's it, it seemed like like he was overcompensating after the fact. You know, there's there's. I mean, like, you know, like I was trying to find a snippet of audio during the film where like it was just some kind of music playing. So I could just have some sure. some general background music, you know, to use nothing. Mm-hmm. The entire movie, there's somebody <laughs> talking, you know, or or like all sorts of like background noises and shit going on the entire movie. Uh, the movie, by the way, now the structure of it has been set up, which is that he's going to, and, and we'll repeat this again and again. He's going to call up a uh, either, yeah, either an agency or or directly to a call girl. He's going to go to photograph them. He's going to strangle them, and then it's going to show him just clips of him walking around Hollywood Boulevard and taking photos or playing with pigeons or sitting around his apartment Shirtless, with his shirt yeah. off. And uh, and then. Uh, and thankfully, they introduce another character because that's already getting a little tiresome yeah. at this point. Uh, and at least this other character, there's something more to her. Yes, it's a her yeah. in this case. Well, you know, the other thing I noticed before we get to her is that mm-hmm. is that whenever the strangler kills somebody, it's like oddly sexual. You know, like, did you notice that? Like, it sounds like really bad sex. Oh, but let's why, hear it. Let's hear some of these sounds. <laughs> I'm going to keep this going for a creepy, creepy amount of time. Did you say really bad sex? <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't hear it in that clip, but uh, it usually uh, strewned within the moaning and groaning. You hear him saying, die, and her saying, please, yeah. no, don't, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, she gets, they, they the, the women, they actually speak rather clearly considering they're having their throats cracked. <laughs> <laughs> please, no, don't. Oh, yeah. uh, well. And the women sometimes seem to have the same voices as well. I'm, yeah, I'm fairly certain that throughout. there are two actual, like, voice actresses in this film. Because I don't think the slasher says anything through the whole film. Right. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a weird fucking how movie. Do you have I a mean, main, how did he think he could get away with this? She's a main character, and she says nothing mm-hmm. through the entire film. Now, granted, I understand that, you know, obviously, you know, like, Michael Myers doesn't say anything during the course of the film, but... You know, there's an interesting storyline going on around him. This, there's nothing. There's nothing going on. The she in question, by the way, is the Skid Row Slasher. In this case, the Skid Row Slasher is played by Carolyn Brandt, who is uh, not only a regular in Ray Dennis Steckler's films, but also was his wife at the time and uh, was his wife for quite a while. Not up to his death. I think they divorced at some point in the Mm -hmm. 80s. Uh, And she, in this case, plays the owner of a used bookstore. And the killer of hobos. And the killer of hobos, because she's a Skid Row slasher. She loves to slash hobos, which she does on more than one Regularly. occasion, and does in the exact same way in each of those occasions. <laughs> she just stabs him in the neck. 
Yeah, because she's a slasher, so she has to slash their yeah. necks. Uh, he, uh, the the strangler in this case, is obsessed with her. He's been watching her from afar, and uh, he is sort of convincing himself that that maybe she's different than the girls that he's met so far because she looks different, mm. or maybe because she never talks or something like that. What's that girl behind the counter? I like how he repeats the maybe again. <laughs> maybe. You mentioned, Mo, that this, uh, most of this film takes place in one little strip yeah. of, uh, of stores. And just to give an understanding, there is a used bookstore, and l- like right next to it is a, uh, like a peep show store. An adult, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. There's adult a, yeah, novelties. Exactly. There's like an adult, I don't want to call it a video store because it's 1979. It really, didn't really exist. Right. But yeah, there's like a, a peep booth, adult entertainment, whatever, next to it. And then like it seems like next to that is an adult theater. That seems right, to be playing exactly. like Deep Throat and, and uh, what was the other one on there? There was another like famous uh, be- I think it was in the beyond, uh, beyond the Green yeah, beyond Door. The green, yeah. or... Behind the Green Door. Behind the Green Door, of course. <laughs> How could I not know that? Um and and yeah, so so this used bookstore, which by the way just seems to be a regular used bookstore, except for the fact that in the back of the store she has all this S and M gear on the wall. Maybe it makes sense that it's there then. Uh huh. Maybe it makes more mm. sense. Uh, but in this scene, we get a little insight into what her life uh, working in this bookstore is like. Uh, she she sits there, doesn't say anything, while a wino. Uh, hopefully, that's the correct term. Mm. Um, wanders into the store <laughs> with alcohol. Seems to be a pretty regular occurrence. It must be because it happened several more times. And he just kind of wanders around um, and looks appropriately um, drunk and horrible. And I liked, then I liked he... the first the first bum who comes in because, uh, I mean, they all kind of look a little different. But the first one cracked me up because he looks like, uh, I said he looked like a cross between Zach Galifianakis and Saddam Hussein. You know, like it's really <laughs> yeah. it's a really great look <laughs> for a bum. Yeah. Well, I, I I would hesitate to think that maybe Ray Dennis Eckler just found a real uh, transient to put into the movie, but I wouldn't put it past it's probably, him. My guess is that probably exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, th- we should mention that there's a, uh, a copious amount of nudity mm. in this film. There's a lot. So, uh, you know, we sometimes, and, and that's a tough thing for me to complain about sometimes when uh, the films that we've been watching where it, they sort of imply that it's going to be packed with uh, nudity, and then there's not. I, I, I'm not a teenager anymore, so it's hard for me to say, huh, you know, they promised it and they didn't deliver, where's the boobs? But uh, I do think that there's a responsibility to, especially exploitation filmmakers, that when they set up something, uh, an expectation, that they kind of had to deliver at least at some yeah. point, and I am talking about Todd Sheets in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Sorority babes, what what was I expecting? Um so in this case, uh, you ha- I have to at least give Ray Dennis Steckler credit that, um, or Wolfgang Schmidt credit that <laughs> he does deliver. There is violence and there is nudity in his movie, but I've never seen them incorporated in such a non-interesting, flat way before. Such a, yeah, I believe I would use the term tedious. <laughs> like I've never, I've because never, it, I've never seen a movie so chock full of tits before, and never once been interested in them. I'm just like. Can we, let's just keep it moving. Keep it moving. Come on. Exactly. And, you know, it's really like the horror movie equivalent of like, like a peep booth, right? Yeah. Because it's, it is just kind of one section 
takes off her top, move on, one person gets killed, one person takes off their top, one person gets this killed. This film is very end. formulaic in the way it's in the way mm-hmm. it's made. I mean, it's like there's, you know, like it, it's kind of split into like you know, three or four sections. And like when that section starts, you know, the next section is going to start up. Right. Uh, now in this case, the bum leaves the store and then we get to see, uh, that, that the strangler has been kind of keeping his eye on the slasher. And while he's outside, (laughs) I love this. He gets propositioned by a prostitute because hey, this is Skid Row. And, uh, she gives a very timely pop culture reference. See, I kind of doubt that anybody actually heard what she just said there because yeah. the audio is so piss poor. But she said, uh, "She said, hey, honey, looking for some action? I can outdo Linda Lovelace any day. And then she says, follow me. And he doesn't. Mo, I'm going to cut out you saying that and uh, I just put that on a loop in my apartment. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, a very timely reference for 1979, what, only five years after Deep Throat came out. Um, who knows when this was actually filmed, by the way. Uh, it, it could be anywhere between 1970 and 79. Yeah, but, I mean, but, but it had to have been at a, at a time when Deep Throat was actually playing in theaters. I mean, yeah, if you keep in exactly. mind, keep in mind for anybody who knows the history of Deep Throat, I mean, it did play porn theaters for fucking years. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, it is possible, I suppose, that they just, especially because it's the last shot of the film is that marquee, yeah. um, that he just got them to put up the most popular porno films at that time, which would have been Beyond the Green Door. And uh, is it Beyond or Behind? Behind. 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 Jesus Christ. Uh, behind the Green Door or Deep Throat, uh, which are up there on the marquee. But I digress. <laughs> So uh, he gets propositioned by this prostitute, and then uh, we actually get to follow the drunk who left that um, that used bookstore. Because that's interesting. Because that's interesting. So uh, Grizzly Adams here wanders into the uh, this sort of lot or back alley, and uh, it lays down and starts drinking and just falls asleep. Perfect. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> the end of the scene. I mean, she stabs him in the neck, the end. I mean, and then she jogs. At this point in the movie... At this point in the movie, we don't know that it's actually yeah, her th- doing yeah, the stabbing. Exactly. At this point in the movie, it hasn't been revealed that it's her yet. Right. And, and uh, I mean, it's obvious to us, because <laughs> there's only two characters in the yeah. movie, really. There's only, there's only two um, people who are actually getting any attention paid to them, so, yeah, it's pretty obvious who it is, but... Yeah, it, but they don't think of this. This isn't a, a a giallo or something like that. And the very next time we see if someone gets slashed, we see her face, so we know that yeah. it's her. Uh, so the next day, or at least some point in the future, um, oh, we get to one of my very favorite parts in the movie <laughs> where he picks up one of these newspapers where it has a list of call yeah. girls and he starts calling them. And he he talks about how uh, how he's not going to forget to bring his camera and he sings it. He does a the sing, sing song. The sing song thing is great. Yeah. I want to hear him there sing it. <laughs> I know the routine, yes, I I won't forget to bring my camera. <laughs> so creepy. And I won't forget to bring the money. They never forget to ask for the money. For the money. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, really is like super creepy. That actually is kind of creepy. Uh, <laughs> it sounds. I I don't know. I, I don't know where. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with call girls or filming them or or paying them and bringing. Aren't cameras. you Canadian? Uh, 
I know. I'm as surprised <laughs> as you are to hear that. Um, but it's, it really does sound like <laughs> that this is a routine that he's gone through dozens of times. It's like tedious for him. It's like, oh, I won't right. forget to bring uh, my I camera. I won't forget to bring the camera. Um, so he does. He, he, he makes the appointment, and he goes over to this. Uh, and it's a really nice house, and there's two women inside. Mm. Mm. Uh, and he's actually surprised to find that there's two women inside. In fact, he says this. Just another piece of garbage. I'll have to get rid of both of them now. <laughs> What's up with that Calypso music? I, that's why I told you. Like, the, like the, the music in the background is so great, you know? <laughs> such such ridiculous shit happening. Like, like I said, you know, he really seemed like he was desperately trying to compensate for the fact that the film was so boring by filling it up with all right. these kind of interesting sounds. Didn't help. Yes, quite a soundscape. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's uh, there's like a brunette and a blonde, and the blonde, she excuses herself to go take a shower, and he's very happy about this because he's looking for an opportunity to strangle the brunette, but he can't with the two of them there. It just doesn't work. Oh, you're such a pussy. He is a bit of a pussy uh, if, uh, if we were to use that word in a negative, which I try not to do in my regular life, um, <laughs> outside this podcast. Uh, so, uh, by the way, that's exactly what happens. She goes, the blonde gets a shower. He strangles this girl with a, like a scarf or something, yeah. uh, some piece of clothing. Uh, and he, uh, he, he wants to make sure it doesn't go too quickly. Don't wait. There's no time. Do it. <laughs> Island rhythm. With Marsha, I've got to do it. I mean, it's really uh, just listening to him sound talk. Like... It's, I mean, it's 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 actually seriously just listening to these audio clips is more entertaining than than watching the entire movie. Oh yeah, no, there's no question about that. Uh, there's because what you're seeing. I mean, look, strangling somebody on film is not very interesting no. to watch. I mean, and, and let, per- let, let me bring you back to the very first no budget exactly. nightmares uh, called Hip Hop Locos. <laughs> and there's a scene in this movie which strongly resembles a very famous scene in Hip Hop Locos, which has the longest strangulation scene in cinema history. Um, and that's this movie. There's just tons and tons of people just being This choked. entire movie is... Well, actually, the funny thing is I don't know what's harder to watch, this entire movie or that 10 minutes of strangulation from Hip Hop Locos. Because <laughs> Hip Hop Locos <laughs> is, by all accounts, the hardest movie in the world to watch. <laughs> by all accounts, by our accounts, at least, Mo. I don't know if you recall, but we did watch it. <laughs> we're the only we're the only accounts that matter. <laughs> yes, no, Mo, Mo. I'll take that bet, and uh, whoever wins, we both lose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this blonde finishes up her shower, and she comes out to a bedroom, and uh, he decides this is going to be a two for one deal for him. What if she saw that movie pillow talk? <laughs> yeah, we failed to mention yes. that he just smothered her with a pillow. He's smothered with a pillow, uh, so he's not a strangler exclusively. He also does some smothering, so let's not uh, – we'll, we'll cut him uh, some – The um, Hollywood smotherer just doesn't sound right. <laughs> this is one of the most interesting scenes in the movie for only one reason, which is that uh, – Is that he makes the weirdest fucking pop culture reference of all time. <laughs> you see that movie, Pillow Talk? Oh. Oh, do you get it? Uh, you know what? I'm going to play that but one also... again. I'm going to play okay. this one again. <laughs> I wonder if you saw that movie, Pillow Talk. <laughs> the, the laugh is awful. <laughs> the laughter of, to himself 
is what makes it so great. I mean, I'm used to laughing at my own jokes, but uh, this guy really takes pleasure in what and he's he does. Doing. He laughs at uh, he laughs at a bunch of his own jokes. This scene is kind of weird too because this bedroom is adorned with some interesting <laughs> objects. Uh, one, they have posters, I believe, or at least uh, I'll poster for uh, like a Rudolph Valentino silent film, uh, which theoretically could be a comment on the fact that he was shooting what was uh, ostensibly a silent mm. film. Um, more likely, it's just some bullshit that was in the background. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. But but more interesting is there are, are two Kiss albums, and the scene ends with them with with the camera just. Focusing entirely on one of those Kiss albums, I think it's Alive or Destroyer. I must them. have missed it. I don't even. I didn't even see that. You missed the Kiss. Look, I had a lot of shit going on. Yes, I was I trying know. to keep myself <laughs> sane while grabbing audio clips. <laughs> May I recall that what you said, Mo, is that I'm watching TV at the same time, so I don't get too bored That's with right. the movie. <laughs> I had I had TV in the background. Well, you missed I'm, Kiss. I so missed Kiss. That's, uh, that's what happened. You know. Oh, so remember when we were talking about how the slasher, uh, there was a bum who walked by, and then uh, she left the store and closed it up, and then she followed him, and then she uh, he drank and, and went unconscious, uh, asleep, theoretically, and then she stabs him? That happens exactly like I said again. Yeah, yeah I, l- let, me, let, me read, let me read my, <laughs> my note on, that, on this next killing. I say, uh, I say, the drunk runs into the Liv- Linda Lovelace hooker from before, goes down an alley, and will likely be killed. My guest stabbed in the neck. And then my next <laughs> note, he gets stabbed in the neck. <laughs> yep. But, I mean, this scene plays exactly the same as the all previous one. It, to, all of the scenes. Yeah. All of the, uh, I mean, at least, at least the strangler, scene, strangler, strangler scenes. Um, <laughs> I mean, at least they there's some kind of variety. I mean, they're different girls, you know, different yeah. breasts to look at, blah blah blah. But I mean, with the with I mean with the with the slasher scenes, it's it's always the same kind of look looking bum walking down yeah. literally the same alleyway, you know, falling asleep and being stabbed in the neck. That's it, and then then uh, a quick scene of uh, of the slasher jogging by the by yeah. the ocean. <sighs> anyway, back to the strangler who's calling more women who he is theoretically going to strangle, but this time he's not so sure. In fact, he uh, in the voiceover it states that maybe this time the woman he's talking to it might be a little different. She sounds nice, but she's going to be just the same as the others. The way he says others. <laughs> others? <laughs> <is> so great. <laughs> she sounds nice, but she's going to be just the same as the others. <laughs> others? others? Oh, my. Yeah, look, you got to get your pleasure where you can in a movie like this. You know, well, the thing is, it's just, I mean, like, I mean, I, I imagine, I know film costs a lot, but I imagine that mm-hmm. audio tape doesn't. You would think. It doesn't cost that much, at least, you know, that you could take mm-hmm. another take on that. I mean, maybe the the kind of unique delivery is just part of the deal. Maybe that's what they want out of it. I don't know. Uh, it, he does seem suitably unhinged. So, I, I you know, you can't really question nope. that. Um, the, the woman in this case, he's going to be taking photographs of her in a hot tub uh, or some sort of whirlpool yeah. thing. Um, and, and he is going into this with an open mind, which I can definitely relate to. Uh, and he's going to go in thinking that maybe she is innocent. But unfortunately, once the pictures start uh, being taken, she proves herself to be like the others. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> I think we're on this one. Maybe I'm wrong about this one. 
So he uh, strangles her with her bikini top and pushes her head underwater because he cannot be contained to just the strangler uh, label. He's also a uh, a smotherer and a drowner. Yeah, yeah. and he, he he want this time not before like before he wanted to slow things down. This time he wants to do quick, it quick, quick, do it quick, die, garbage. Oh, <laughs> die, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this movie's crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger film where the only thing Schwarzenegger actually says during the film are like the death puns. Right. Die garbage, except there's nothing clever or punny no, no. about I mean, that. Yeah, there's nothing good about any of the any of the dialogue in this film. If you can even call it that. Yeah, you see pillow talk. <laughs> that was my Schwarzenegger, by the That's way. That. I've heard worse. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My, mine's not any better. Okay. All right. Back to this movie. Do we have to? So he starts following around the uh, slasher all over the place. This time he, he's like he starts really following her, and there's an implication that she knows that she's being followed by him because when they finally do eventually make eye contact, there is a kind of a hint of not recognition as in, as in she knows who he is, but that she knows that. They're of a common stock. Mm. Something like that. <laughs> um, so th- there, there are a few scenes of that, and we get, again, a lot more travelogue footage. But then he... And this is the first uh, strangulation that doesn't come strictly from a call girl uh, scenario. Uh, he watches a girl get out of like this car, and she goes in and gets groceries, and then she comes back, and he's in the back seat. That's right. Yeah, and this is the choke him homes situation that I was referring to before. <laughs> this gave me Hip Hop Loco's flashbacks, and it was not a pleasant time for me. But only instead of choke him Holmes, he says... Yes, yes, I know. They almost die. The world has to be cleansed of its courage. <laughs> choke that motherfucker, choke Holmes! That motherfucker. Choke him! Essay? <laughs> That's right, essay. Uh, oh! Mo, fuck all this movie. <laughs> okay. Fuck it. Actually, don't fu- well, fuck what's happened so far, because what happens now is my favorite uh, scene in the entire Are we talking film. about the roller, di- the roller disco? There is a swingers roller disco. It's pretty great. Uh, which in- it's pretty terrific. It's A, very kind of disco-y. Uh, B, uh, there's like some sort of... Uh, there's like nudity. Uh, there's like a topless woman and a bottomless someone. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a bottomless but, dude, but yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, whatever. Whatever turns your crank. Uh, and number three, it features what I think is the greatest song. Well, certainly in this film, but perhaps in the universe <laughs> and the history thereof. <laughs> uh, and it goes a little something like this. Pretty little girl with your hair 
kind of messing around. <laughs> I actually did a search to see if I could find a song myself, just just to have just to have in my back pocket in case I ever need it. Um, this scene involves a roller disco, as mentioned before, and the strangler is just kind of leaning back and watching these people, watching the depravity, the Sodom and Gomorrah type situation that he has surrounded himself with. But he doesn't strangle anybody. He just watches it and then leaves. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would do. Hmm. He can watch, too. Doesn't have to strangle. He's not... You can't just... Just because he's known as a strangler, you just can't expect him to strangle all the time. Exactly. Okay. He's got shit to do, like watch people <laughs> roller blade, roller skate to pretty little girl. <laughs> hey, Doug. What? Do you remember that the last time and the time before that the slasher uh, follows a guy down an alleyway and he gets drunk and he passes out and then gets stabbed in the neck? Mm-hmm, well, that happens mm-hmm. a third time right now. Oh, excellent. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> No, it does. It happens same beat, beat by beat, same exactly thing. the same. It, it could, it could very well like if if you had said that it was just like we're gonna shoot the same scene three different ways. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Exactly. So fuck that. Back to the strangler. <laughs> I love, I love. By the way, that the porno theaters uh, in the late seventies were called things like Sinorama. Like, there's no, there's no question at all about. Hey, you're doing something wrong if you're here. <laughs> Want to go to hell? Here we are. Well, you know, it's funny. This is a conversation I actually have with a friend of mine on a fairly regular basis about how um, about how there's like no <laughs> shame anymore. You know, right? I mean, now, now I'm now I'm not saying that that like that I should have shame in the dirty, disgusting things that I do, but I'm saying other people mm-hmm. should have shame in the dirty, disgusting things they do, because there are two <laughs> types of people in this world. There are the depraved, you know, degenerates like myself, mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm. not so depraved degenerates, you know, who like me, like like you, like the ones who right. the ones who should actually have shame about the stuff that they're uh-huh. doing. You know, like I remember when going to a porn shop was mm-hmm. like a dirty thing you know like yeah sunglasses yeah, exactly you put on your you put on your like duster and, and 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 wear like a hat and sunglasses and you'd like you know pull your collar up around your face and now it's like now we've got like like vip in places like that where it's the fucking like walmart of, of porn shops and like i don't want to go into a porn shop that's a well lit you know, and B, you know, has like this amazing selection of a million different things. I don't want that. I want to go to some dirty little place where a fat guy <laughs> in a stained T-shirt is sitting behind the counter. You know, and and I want to I want to feel shame for going there. Hey, brother, I got some really good shit out back. Exactly. Way better than this stuff. Right <laughs> That's here, what I'm you. saying. Like, I want to go. To, I want to go to a porn shop. Donkeys, chickens. It's. All I want to go to a porn shop that has a secret room in the back where they keep their fucking German shit porn. Yes, we want the secret room in the back. Why are we so enlightened? That's what I wonder. That's what I'm saying. Why, like, like, why can't we be filthy and sleazy like Mo? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I don't want people to be filthy and sleazy like me. I want. Right. I want to belong to a special little club of filthy sleazy mm. scumbags. Yeah, now we're all now everybody we're all has, filthy that, has that little bit of filth and sleaze to them, and and we're in order, part in, of order that club. To, in order to be considered a scumbag these days, you have to do something so filthy that like it makes it, it makes the atheists go what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to shock people these exactly. days, um, but uh, but I guess 
That's just the way of the world. I, I'm actually now a little depressed. You're right. I kind of miss the sleaze, yeah. though I never really experienced it myself. No. But I, I, I really do miss being ashamed of other people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the movie for a moment. <laughs> Uh, the Strangler now goes into a modeling agency. A modeling agency in this case, once again, being a cover for some sort of prostitution thing. I mean, I don't understand how this stuff works. Uh, my my grasp of what of how like the um, how, how even escort services and things work now is probably not as strong as it should be, considering I live in the sleazy times in which I do. Um, but he goes into a modeling agency, and the secretary is in a bikini yeah. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> And she directs him to a room for him to take photos. And again, the room is set up perfectly to take photos. It's got the, the lights and everything. Well, I mean, at least this one sort of makes sense because it's supposed to be a quote-unquote modeling, modeling agency. agency. Right. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty good cover, by the way. That works better than a massage parlor. You kind of, you know, everyone knows that it was a massage parlor. Not every massage parlor. What, <laughs> every what am massage, I getting on to Every here? massage parlor. <laughs> but, but there are, I mean, my understanding is that there are are people who model who don't have sex with the people who are photographing sure. them. Sure. Right? And I'm, I'm just going to go out there and say that, that that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> but in this, in this scene, uh, there's an expectation that he's, I guess, going to have sex with this woman. But that doesn't happen. No. Nope. Uh, because especially this woman, who's really good to go, she's, she is, uh, as soon as he gets in there, she, almost, she starts taking her clothes off immediately. This one won't take long. She can't wait to take her clothes off. I'll just help her along. Yeah. <laughs> he's dirty. He's a filthy dude. I mean, you must really dig him because he's really a one of your kind of people. It, he, he's, he's a breed that doesn't exist anymore. A rare breed. Yeah, Even like the, the 70s time. dirty scumbag. Like, it just doesn't really exist anymore. I was born, I was born in the wrong scumbag. decade. Well, technically, I was born in the right decade, but I should have been a teenager in the decade that I was born in. Mo just wasn't made for these times. I wasn't. Uh, so he strangles her. <laughs> Nothing funny about it, but he just he just strangles her. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's it. I want to play that one again because that one cracks me up. I love the noise that he makes. You know, I, I don't know if that's supposed to be him or her, but you know, right. Uh, disgustingly creepy and he's super excited by this I mean I guess the impression is that he's getting some sort of sexual thrill out of strangling these women makes the sounds make a little more sense (laughs) (laughs) and uh, oh by by the way the secretary uh, she's never going to ask for money again because he's pissed about that so he goes out and he uh, he strangles her (laughs) as well sure because he's a strangler. That's what he does. He, he strangles bitches. It makes sense. Hey, there's, she's not a bitch. He just called thing. him a bitch. Yes, but you don't need to refer I'm to him as a his, bitch. I'm using his terminology. Okay, well, she seems very nice, so I don't <laughs> think that's very fair. Oh, uh, it's a modeling agency, by the way, and he takes a photo right off the wall. Because he's going to get his next victim just because they have this big wall of, of people to choose I love from. it. Pretty. He's he's a uh, you know he doesn't waste time. He's gonna go right. Well, to yeah. His I mean, this victim. this is probably the quickest succession of uh, you know, and actually the the closest it comes to to getting off of the formula, you know that that this movie comes to. Like he kills the mm-hmm. he kills the one woman in the uh, you know uh, in in the room. Then he goes out and kills you know the the bikini uh, secretary, whatever you want to call her. Um, you know, pulls the photo off of the. Uh, 
off of the wall and then immediately goes to kill her. You know, it probably sounds to anyone listening right now that, hey, they're going through the plot kind of slowly. Well, guess what? We are like 95% through the movie. Yeah, the movie, yeah. <laughs> this is the last, I mean, this is it. That we're coming up after this next section. We're getting to the end. There's literally like 10 minutes left to the movie at this point. Yeah, which the movie is only 70 minutes, so we're not really saying much. But yeah, this, uh, th- th- that is the extent of the plot. Uh, so he goes to this girl's house, like you mentioned, and it's just a like he goes to her bedroom. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very intimate setting for photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe, I guess erotic photography you just didn't need to have production value back then. But I expect a little more out of my eroticism. Yeah, at least and at least a backdrop or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, she. Uh, but she but she almost like doesn't even bother with like the photography. She like jumps on him. Yeah, yeah. And of course she he just, freaks out. Yeah, let's hear that. She's touching me much too soon. I'm not ready yet. She has to wait for me. She has to wait for me. Creepy. Yeah, he's a weirdo. You know, so he kills her at the end. I mean, there's nothing, nothing really else happens in that scene. It's just enough. Yeah, and then he said, but he does say that she, after he kills her, he goes, she looks good now. Too bad I don't have film in my camera. Yeah. I take a picture. I love that. Do you love that, Mo? I do. I love the fact that, like, he's like, you know, now that she's dead, I want to take her picture. Ridiculous. See, that, by the way, that would have been sort of interesting, like a little bit of an interesting twist to it, that he, he gets off on taking photographs of them afterwards. I mean, as we talked about before, there's no sense of that he's being careful at all, that there's any reason why he wouldn't be able to be caught immediately. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess he calls... He, he No, I think we see him calling from home once, even though he usually calls from... Uh, pay phones. There's really no reason that he shouldn't have been caught a long time ago. No, the, uh, the the I mean, not to mention the fact that he leaves, you know, pretty pretty serious, you know, paper trail. Uh huh. <laughs> <sighs> lots of contacts, so, lots of notes being left. You know, lots of connections. It's just it's constant. Mo, you know the slasher. Yes. Well, there's a part earlier that uh, she sees a drunk. Outside the window of her bookshop, and uh-huh. uh, she closes her store and she follows the drunk, and he goes somewhere and passes out from drinking, uh-huh. and then she slashes his throat, and then it shows her jogging along the water. Yeah. Do you remember that part? I, I remember. Yeah. I remember three of them. Well, it just happened again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the last time, though. Yeah, it's the last time. It's not her last slashing. Well, it sort of is. Yeah. It's her last throat slashing. Um, and and you know, I'll tell you, these this these two seem like a match made in heaven and I actually think the strangler thinks that because he watches her from afar and he thinks that she's so attractive but he has some questions and, and this is actually I think probably my favorite quote from the movie but he, <laughs> but he says she's beautiful but would she be loyal I wondered the same thing before I got married uh, I saw my wife for the first time I was like she's beautiful but, I don't know. See, that, see um, I did the exact opposite when I got married. I said, she's loyal, but, man, can we do something about these looks? <laughs> I kid, wah, I wah. kid. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he starts following her around because we're leading right to the end of the film at this point. At one point, it's, it's very strange. She goes into an occult, an occult supply store. Is that what that is? Yeah, there was a big sign that says occult supplies. Uh, I guess I didn't see the sign, but yeah, it's weird. 
Yeah, but it, we don't see inside the shop. We just see her go into it, and and then she leaves. But why? Why is that in the movie? I don't know. I mean, the indication, I guess, is that she's a bit of a weirdo. Not that you have to be a weirdo to enjoy the occult. Um, no, that's or not true. Enjoy my pronunciation of that word. Um, and so she heads back to the uh, the store, her her wonderful uh, bookstore. But no, she does not watch a vagrant wander by and get drunk and stab him in the throat. No, she goes in and is soon followed by our titular strangler. Strangular? <laughs> Fuck Christ. That's what I almost said earlier. Strangular. <laughs> the strangler. Uh, our titular strangler. There you go. <laughs> Who locks the door behind him because he doesn't know what's going on. This you is you never know his. what kind of hobo would wander in. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't... <laughs> She seems pretty careful generally about locking up when she leaves, but this time he just wanders in. Ridiculous. Yeah. So he, this, <laughs> this is the end. My only friend. <laughs> um, he goes into this back room, which is covered with S and M paraphernalia. Yeah. And she just stares at him because again she doesn't, she doesn't say, say a, a goddamn word, word the, entire the entire time. Yeah, she's yeah she's like staring at him. She like puts her feet up on the desk and she's you know. Like I, I guess she she makes the mistake of looking slightly more pr- provocative than she should. Yeah, she looks she's a, she's a little bit more put together now than she was earlier in the film. Yeah. She's wearing makeup and she puts her feet up on the desk and uh, and he suddenly his opinion of her goes one hundred and eighty degrees. Exactly. So he so he goes to strangle her, of course, because that's what the strangler does. In fact, let's hear what his thoughts on this uh, on this strangulation. Well, I mean, while he's strangling her. Oh yes. All right, so he starts strangling her. Keeping in mind that at this point she has stabbed him in the gut several times. Mm. She stabs him. But he says to himself. You must die. You must die. Yeah, so he 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 thought that she was the one. He thought that she may have been of like Marsha. But no, she is just like all the rest and she must die. Yep. And she stabs him in the gut. Several times. Several times. But he but he eventually does uh does kill her. Yeah, I know he kills her, and she drops the knife. And when she drops it, she drops the knife right to, next to a garbage can, which has the Peanuts characters on it. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I, I don't know why, right? I mean, that just seems like a very odd decision. Or Also, the fact that she's in like this room with all this S&M gear all over the walls, and she's got a Peanuts garbage can. <laughs> hey, you know what? Everybody's got their quirks, I suppose. <laughs> it's the Skid Row slasher, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, that's what happens there, and uh, our strangler <laughs> goes outside, right out into the the Hollywood Boulevard where it's all kind of filthy and dirty, and um, he uh, he just kind of wanders and thinks about Marsha, 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 Marsha once again, and he he gets all the way to the adult theater mm-hmm. and dies. Or we assume he, he dies. dies. He falls over in front of the theater. In fact, it's very possible that he doesn't die, since there is oh, a, sort of a sequel to this film uh, called Las Vegas Serial Killer, also directed by Ray Dennis Steckler. Um, and th- this it stars Pierre Agostino once again and playing a very similar Jonathan character. Click? Johnny Click. I'm Johnny Click, like... photographer at large. <laughs> but, get it? Click, but who click? Ca- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get it now, Mo. Okay, I'm glad, as long as you understand. The user review on the IMDb, the one that came up for me when I went to it, is that they call this movie Steckler's Great Urban Nightmare. Um, but I think that's giving it significantly more credit than it deserves. Yeah. So he dies on the street. The camera pans up to the marquee, which has uh, the, the green door and the 
deep throat and whatnot. And then we get our awesome closing theme song, which you've already played a little bit of, but let's hear it again. You're my love. You're my love. You're my love. I think it's meant to be ironic, Mo. I can't hear you. <laughs> what did you say now? <laughs> I said I think it's supposed to be ironic. Is Mo. it? <laughs> it's the funniest part of the entire movie. It really is. I mean, the, the, the song at the end, I mean, it's brilliant. You know, I mean, and I, I, I put the whole thing on here because I wanted people to hear it. It's so great. It's beautiful. It's, it's a little piece of beauty right at the end of this disgustingly filthy movie. <laughs> and that's it. That's the entire fucking movie. So great. So great. The song is so great. <laughs> the movie, however, is that's not the word I would use. I'd, I'd be looking at a different word. Uh, trying to think. It's boring as shit. Yeah. And it sucks badly. Uh, and it's the biggest problem with it isn't just that it's repetitive, but that what repeats isn't interesting. So it is all gearing up to their final meeting. They're going to meet. The Hollywood Strangler is going to meet the Skid Row Slasher. But when they do meet, since there's no dialogue, it's all just he looks at her, she puts her legs up on a table, and he's like, oh, no, she's one of them too. And then he just starts to try to strangle her, and she stabs him, and that's the end. And, I mean, that's that's disappointing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping there would have been, like, a, you know. A gun? Something, I don't know. Explosion. I'm, I'm looking through the uh, I'm looking through the the user reviews on on IMDb, and some of them are really ridiculous. I, I, I would here's an ending. Here's my ending for the movie. <clears throat> they meet, and they hit it off, and they decide to work together. Hey, that's a lot more interesting than what sure. happened. Because wouldn't it be great that because they have this common love of killing people and are maybe they both have a similar background where she has also been scorned by a cheating man, they come together and they have this devoted weird S&M relationship because she's obviously into that mm-hmm. shit and they go off and they he strangles people while she stabs them and it's just this great wonderful beautiful thing that would have made an interesting ending this not interesting nope. I'm not pretending to be a genius no. or, or like a great uh, talent or a great creative mind I'm just coming up with a better ending than what we got and I think I did. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's not like Ray Dennis Deckler hasn't proven that he's been, that he's able to have good ideas. That's exactly. You know, right. that's the biggest problem with this is that Steckler ha- does have good movies. You know, I mean, like, I mean, Ball Ratfink and Boo Boo. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's an interesting film. I mean, you know, it just. I think Steckler's biggest problem was that he would always do the work after the fact. You know, right. like he would film a movie and then come up with what the movie was about, which makes no sense. Certainly, to me, but that's how he worked. I mean, that's how that's how he did it with Ratfinger Boo Boo. I mean, that's why you don't see, you know, the the titular characters until forty minutes into the sixty minute movie. It's because <laughs> it was supposed to be a crime drama at first, and then he's like, you know what, you know what, you know, it would be funny if we make a superhero film. It's something that I see with a lot of really low-budget movies, which is that even though filmmaking is is a collaborative medium 
at heart. Uh, there are certain directors and certain creative talents who really love the post-production aspect, where they can tinker with it, where it's very solitary, where they can do whatever they want with it. And I think at this point in his career, Ray Dennis Steckler wanted to spend as little time in the actual filming as possible, and the more time, you know, just kind of putting it together and piecing sure. it together how he yeah. liked. But uh, and also, he wanted to spend as little money on the filming as possible because this movie looks like it cost nothing. Nothing. I mean, let, let, let the blood, by the way, <laughs> is that bright orange stage blood that you see in movies of this yeah, time period. I mean, it looks. Blood. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's uh, it looks like the blood in like the Hammer films of uh, of the '60s, um, where it's just like really bright red. But you certainly not. Not probably appropriate for a movie which is trying to be kind of grimy and sleazy. Uh, two, two 10 out of 10 reviews on here. What a, yeah, yeah. Another great Steckler project. And then the other one says, a wonderfully warped and wretched piece of pure rancid 70s drive-in psycho horror schlock. But it's not, But it's right? not. I mean, of course it's, it's not. It's not. I mean, and, and I understand. Look, I, I grew up... At a time where I was obsessed with horror and cult movies, where you would read about all of these low-budget filmmakers, people like Ray Dennis yeah. Steckler, and the people who, you know, you, you would really, you would love to see these movies get wide releases. And now that you can see a lot of Ray Dennis Steckler's films, I mean, this film has a special edition DVD with a commentary by Ray Dennis Steckler and interviews with uh, Carolyn Brandt and with a commentary by Joe Bob Briggs. I mean, this movie got a, a release way beyond what you would ever expect. But there's don't, let's not make any bones about it. Even if you like drive-in movies, which we do, this is a terrible movie, and it's made uh, horribly. Yeah. And it, it, there's no entertainment value in it beyond you know laughing at a line here. Yeah, and, and this there. is and this th- is th- being... th- this is a director who's given yeah, up at this, this point. I- and this is halfway through his career. Like he was still he still made films for another fifteen years after this. I mean, he yeah he was pretty prolific during the eighties and uh, and made a, a, a I guess. Even right up to his death, because he had just uh, he had just finished, I think, a shot on video film right before his death in two thousand nine. Yeah, I'm looking that up. I, I I mean, I know you're right. I just can't remember what the hell it was called. Uh, yeah. Summer well, of Fun was the last movie he did. So I mean, you know, he he was a very prolific director. He very creative mind, and it's obviously a talent. But uh, this is not a film that is is working on any level. Besides, uh, we have a little bit of violence. We have a little bit of nudity. Let's try to get this into drive-ins and make a couple of yeah. dollars. I mean, it's kind of a little bit depressing to think about. But let's not. I, the idea that some people are pretending that this is something it is not that actually kind of annoys me because he actually has work that is worth giving that attention yeah. to. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly, because, I mean, like, a lot of his 60s material I love, you know, I mean, I love the Lemon Grove Kids stuff that he did, I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. ridiculous, but, I mean, still, you've got this guy who's known for doing horror films, making possibly the creepiest and most horrific kids film I've ever seen, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got the Thrill Killers, which is awesome, it was the movie that came directly after uh, Incredibly Strange Creatures. Um, I'm so. What else did he do? That it, that's great. Uh, Cynthia the Devil's Doll is great. Body Fever is great. Uh, Blood Shack, you know, th- probably thrill. <laughs> well, Blood Shack. Blood Shack's probably. His, <laughs> I think Blood Shack, aside from incredibly, incredibly strange creatures, is probably his best known film. But I think a lot of people know it as the Shooper, which makes no <laughs> sense to me. I've never understood that title ever. The Thrill Killers actually kind of feels like this movie in yeah, some ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it has it has thematic similarities, but, it's a better but film. I think it's a really good example. It's yeah. a much better film, and it's it. Maybe it's just the time period it was made. I mean, maybe maybe it was just where he was in his life at that time. But uh, certainly, I can't recommend the Hollywood Strangler meets the Skid Row slasher uh, 
though I can recommend the DVD because the Joe Bob Briggs comedy. Yeah, well, a lot terrific, of a lot of the uh, a lot of the comments you get on this film are specifically about the uh, about the DVD, saying, "Oh, the DVD's worth right. it," but you know, the movie's a pile of crap. I mean, that 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 is just. There's a lot of movies like that, movies that are ostensibly bad but have a lot of interesting material around it. And certainly, I guarantee you that the making of this movie was a lot more interesting than the actual movie itself <clears> was. <throat> Probably. Especially when they were filming that roller disco. <laughs> uh, I'm down with that. That's the kind of 70s I wish I lived it, in. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so we end with agreement. Mo, that was the end of Yay. that movie. What movie should we watch next? I have no idea. Neither do I. I'm, 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 I'm searching my brain. You know what? I think I've decided one just in these two moments okay. that I was just thinking. We need a palate cleanser. Sure. Uh, we need to uh, get our mojo back, so to speak, our groove back. Uh, and I've decided, since you were so terrible at choosing Thank this you. movie, that I'm going to choose a film that I know we're going to like. <laughs> okay. Next time, I think we should finally watch Suburban Sun. Oh, that's great. That's a great suggestion. That is a great yeah. suggestion, Douglas. Yay! Ooh, <laughs> yes, he's good. Good stuff. All right. Excellent. Mo, have you seen any good movies lately? I watch nothing but good movies. Mm-hmm. Except for this particular Except one. Except for this one. This is the worst movie I've watched mm-hmm. in two weeks. Since oh. the last bad movie we watched. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> no, I mean, well, I watched uh, I watched The General the other day. Not the uh, Buster Keaton? No, no, no. The, uh, the 1998 Brendan Gleeson film. Uh-huh. Uh, which I hadn't, which I saw in theaters when it came out, like uh, the the local sort of art house theater that doesn't exist anymore, uh, was playing it, and a buddy of mine who who's a bigger Anglophile than I am uh, said to me, "We should go watch this." So we went, we went and saw mm-hmm. it in the theater. It was great. I really loved it. And I hadn't seen it since, so I so I decided to watch it. Um, let's see. I watched Hesher. Hesher was good. Okay. Um. Oh. oh. Uh, on the documentary kick, I watched uh, uh-huh. Tabloid. The I don't. Oh, was that any good? Great. That's yeah, Errol yeah. Morris, right? I don't know if it's his newest or not, but it's it's you know re- a relatively recent film, last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoyable, really crazy story. Like I don't know if I, I, I know I know the basics of the story, and I, I know it it sounds crazy. I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for people who don't know, it's basically uh, this story. I'm not going to give too much away, but it's a story about a woman who. Uh, I guess it was back in the 70s, um, you know, quote-unquote kidnapped her boyfriend away from the Mormon church. And right. uh, and then this, the story kind of splits at that point to what she's saying versus what, you know, he and the church are saying. And, like, he's saying he was raped, but she's like, but we did it, like, nine times, <laughs> you know. Uh, and it, and it kind of goes off on these weird tangents. And she's an interesting character to listen to, even though you right. can tell she's completely batshit. Right. You know. Let me tell you the movies. Uh, this might be unfair to The Hollywood Strangler meets The Skid Row Slasher, because these are the three movies I watched gearing up to oh, see God. this film. The first was Iron Monkey. You Mu Ping's amazing Iron Monkey. Film, I watched yeah. it with... I watched it, of course, it's amazing. I watched it with my wife, who, uh, as we've covered many times before, hates yeah. movies and hates movies that I love. But she watched it and loved it because the one kind of movie that she is kind of into are sort of historical Chinese epics. Yeah. She loves I, Hero and she loves Pride I actually Tiger. got to see that in theaters. Yeah, so did I. Great. Absolutely. It was, it was so awesome to see on a big screen. And one of those unique opportunities for sure. a lot of us. So I watched Iron Monkey. 
Then I watched for the first time, and I know it's kind of embarrassing. The f- first time I watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless wow. Mind, and uh, I loved it. Of course, it was amazing. Um, and actually, watching it, it reminded me why I think. Michel Gondry has the potential to be such an incredible mm. director, even though he doesn't always reach it. Um, and uh, just yesterday, I watched 13 Assassins. For the yeah, first I time. still haven't seen that yet. Now, those three maybe movies I'll, maybe I'll sit down are all... <laughs> those three movies are amazing, of course, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little unfair to compare, certainly, uh, The Hollywood Strangler <laughs> to that, because the resources are obviously not yeah. the same. Um, but uh, that is where my mind was. Uh, and sometimes with the kind of movies we watch, there has to be a sort of cleansing of anyway. Uh, I, I, you know, my, I don't, as we've mentioned many times in the past, we don't go into these films thinking that they're going to be bad. We go in with a certain mindset sure. in regards to the quality we expect. Uh, but when I'm not watching these movies, I'm not going to, to just watch low-budget theoretical crap because the, it is a crapshoot because there are a lot the, the the percentage of bad to good with super low budget is much higher even than Hollywood films and that's already a pretty uh, you know hard well I mean yeah uh, target Ho- Hollywood, to hit. Hollywood films I mean we're talking like good shit versus crap I mean it's probably like a I don't know, like a seventy thirty split, maybe. That, that's maybe, what I would probably say. You know, but I mean, maybe. like, uh, like with the with the low budget stuff. I mean, we're we're talking upwards to like a ninety three percent shit rate. <laughs> it's very specific. You know, <laughs> well, I don't want to say ninety five because I don't feel it's ninety five percent, but it's not ninety percent mm-hmm. either. So <laughs> I cut it down the middle. It's, it's like a ninety three percent shit rate. <laughs> I think it's like a 92.5% yeah, percent yeah. now that I think <laughs> so, about it. Somewhere between 92.5 <laughs> and 93.4, somewhere in that area. But it's but it's it's a relatively high rate of shit, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not their fault. They try, you know? And it's just a lot of these movies don't come out very well. Well, the fact is that these are the movies, if this was the 1970s, this would be the movie that the people would have made... Uh, for themselves and for their friends, but never would have gotten released in any sure, sort of wide sure. format. Uh, so we are basically seeing student films that uh, that are, you know, we're seeing people's talents develop. And some people come out fully formed, and some people still need a lot of mm-hmm. help. And uh, the fact that sometimes it's just a lark, and some people are not taking it very seriously, and then other people are trying to make something legitimate that's something that has a lot of new ideas into it, that's what's exciting about watching this. And of course, the irony in this whole thing is that a lot of the times, the ones that are just being done for a lark are the better films. Yes, because because there's not as much pressure to take things seriously, and because you get a little bit of that goofy humor. Goofy humor! I wonder if we'll get any of that in Suburban Sasquatch. Mm. I wonder. <laughs> Suburban Sasquatch, everybody. I'm so excited. Um, in fact, uh, I, I should let um, those of you who are listening know that um, Dave Weskovich, who is the director of Suburban Sasquatch, I interviewed him not too long ago, so, uh, probably the end yeah, of last year. Several months back, and yeah. Several months back, yeah, and I'm uh, I'm lucky enough to have a autographed copy of Suburban Sasquatch, so I'm looking forward to revisiting. Mm. <laughs> is that is that It'll the be one? Fun. That we, is that the one that that we, we were supposed that was supposed to be like used as like a gift or like an award or? Uh huh. For those of you who who've gone back to the very beginning of, of this uh, of this podcast, you might remember that I announced a contest. Well, that contest never occurred, so now I have it and I'm keeping it because I love Suburban Sasquatch and I <laughs> and because fuck it. That said, if one of you were to email us 
at our email address and tell us how much you love the show and why you love me or Mo, but one of us. More than likely. Uh, I might I might think about relieving my copy and giving it to you. Uh, however, uh, that's unlikely unless you're particularly crazy. <laughs> I don't think that's a word. Oh, it's like, no, no, it makes sense. It's P-R-A-Z-Y. It's like crazy that's and right. praise together. <laughs> crazy for being so lonely. Mo, Can't get through an episode without if you someone... saying, huh? <laughs> Don't <laughs> I'm as God made me, sir. Um, now, any interest in Prometheus? No. Uh yeah, I want to see it. Uh, I just I just rewatched Alien if, uh, about a week. Yeah, ago. Yeah, well, I mean, if you know, if 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 you were a true friend and had to listen to the last uh, Drunk on VHS that came out, don't like podcasts. <laughs> I, I can't I can't I can't lie. I don't listen. I don't listen to nearly as many as I used to. Now I'm kind of down to like two that I that I listen mm-hmm. to regularly, and. Um, well, the, I, I recorded uh, a brand new, first new episode of Drunk on VHS since last December, and uh, we, we discussed Prometheus very briefly. The, the idea was we were supposed to talk about it more. Um, it actually, mm-hmm. it was kind of supposed to be the central point of making the entire episode, but the guy who I recorded with was really drunk, so like... so ah. like it, Drunk on yeah, VHS? Yeah, so it got very scatterbrained at, at points, and we would mention things and then jump to other things and then kind of go back and then and then mention other things really briefly. So the, so Prometheus kind of got lost in the shuffle there, and, uh, and but but ultimately we both agreed that we really do want to see it. And I'm sure, I think he's already seen it, and he said he, said he thought it was really great, and I, I haven't had a chance to go see it yet. Well, I mean, obviously people are, uh, there are very strong, very mixed opinions about it. Uh, I, I will say that it has somewhat dampened my initial enthusiasm because that trailer, of course, was fucking was amazing. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to see it. There's no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, I'm going to see it regardless. Fass- Michael Fassbender's in it, so I'm going to see it. But, um, but, you know, I'll probably hold off a week or so and, and see it maybe with a not necessarily full theater. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll figure out what I'm going to do with it. My my problem is like I'm so strapped for cash that mm. you know <laughs> that to actually that if I was going to go to the theater to see it, I'd have to go on like a one of the five dollar nights that that they right. have every you know I think it's every Tuesday locally here and uh, and here too and actually. those and those crowds are such shit. That, yes, they that are. I just I'm you know I just gonna be like fuck it you know I I might just wait till it comes out on DVD. You know, I mean, people are going to say, people are going to be like, oh, you need to see it on a big screen. It's like, I got a 52 inch television. Things fucking huge. Whatever. It's interesting that you mentioned that, Mo, because I recently had a great conversation with Morgan White, the director of the upcoming documentary, The Rep, about repertory Which looks cinemas, awesome. And, uh, and the death of 35 millimeter mm-hmm. film. And we talked a little bit about that. And uh, I actually strongly recommend that people go over to dailygrindhouse.com and check out that interview and check out. All the things that are on the site while you're there, especially the writings by me. Um, I, recently, I did a, a very long article on the film Dance of the Drunk Really? Mantis. You did a long uh, article? A long-ass article. I love to write. That's my thing, yeah. Mo. This talking thing. This is just something I do on the side. I'm a writer. Yeah. What do writers do, Mo? They write. Is that what they do? I am a writer. I've debated, I've debated um, about picking up the pen again. Mm, no, no, mm, don't know, do that. Not, mm, not, not no, like uh-uh. you know, but I don't think not like movie reviews. I, I, I have a, uh, I started working on a story about like six years ago and kind of put it down to start doing movie reviews, and I, and I might, uh-huh. I might go back to it. 
I've been, I've been. I actually, it. I think that would be really cool. I think you should definitely. It's a great do that. story. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it because obviously. Well, why don't you? Why don't you go through it? Yeah. So, so it's about this we'll guy who. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, say somebody wanted to contact you or me, or maybe just follow what we look, do, minute, minute look, by minute in our been, lives. It has been proven over and over again at this by this point that nobody wants to contact us. I've sweetened the pot, Mo. Ah, I've put Suburban Sasquatch up as a possibility to those who contact us. All right. Well, the easiest way to contact us in regards to the Mm. show is to do it on Facebook, uh, which they can contact us. It's facebook.com slash nobudgetnightmares, one word. Lots of little little secret stuff goes up there, a lot of teasers in terms of what we're working on. A lot of shit talking. uh, and a lot of shit talking as well, <laughs> and and a surprisingly large number of comments from the uh, some of the filmmakers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it seems that anytime anytime a filmmaker catches one of the movies that we uh, that we cover of theirs, we get comments on 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 the the Facebook page, and it's awesome. I, I uh, yeah. completely appreciate that. I don't expect that we're going to hear from Ray Dennis. No, no well, he's dead. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not funny. I'm sorry. It's only been a couple of years, but. Yes. But um, you know, and th- and, th- and thankfully uh, nobody has you know posted to our Facebook page anything horribly inappropriate. They they save that as for personal yet. emails. Um, thankfully, not to us though, because what's our email address? Mo? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, they can contact us. There are two email addresses that they can use. Uh, the first of which that I will get shit for is uh, hmm. uh, no budget nightmares dg. That is as in daily grindhouse at, at oh oh I get yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at gmail.com. I'll say that again. No budget nightmares. DG mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And Mo will probably get that. When you do check I that. Ch- I check uh, it every day. And we've never seen one email. Go the through. only emails we get on there are from Google Plus. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. Oh, that great social network <laughs> in the future. <laughs> they're like, they're like six Google employees are happy to see you on here. <laughs> Alternatively, yeah. you could email us at... No budget nightmares, all one word at dailygrindhouse.com. Those would go to me. So if you're trying to make a comment about Mo and how maybe you know we should think about replacing him <laughs> with John from the After Movie Diner podcast, yeah, like because that because that suggestion has been made before. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if you were going to do that, well, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily, then you could send- not necessarily replace me, but they said that he should be on more. He has a great podcast, and people show. should listen to that when you're not listening to this one, but only when you're not listening yeah, to this Yeah, and you should, listen, you should listen to the, uh, to the recent uh, guest spot I did on there. He did, a, he did an episode uh, where he interviewed Barbara Crampton, and, uh, yes. and, and then after that, uh, me and a mutual friend of ours, um, of me and John's, I should say, um, were on there to discuss three Stuart Gordon slash Barbara Crampton films. That's very cool. I mean, that that's that's an awesome episode. It was a great episode. Uh, John, John has recently got a picture of himself with all of the uh, main cast of The Evil Dead, which is really, amazing. Really, really amazing check shot, out. yeah. I mean, I am super fucking jealous about that. So, uh, so yeah, hey, wait, let's stop pimping someone else's podcast. Listen to all the podcasts over at the uh, Second Unit um, Podcast Network. Yep. Especially, especially yeah, my, my show. Drunk, Drunk on, on VHS? VHS? I thought you didn't make one of those since December. I, well, I, I just made one, so... <laughs> And uh, and a new uh, a new something weird podcast is going to come up soon. I don't know when. Probably this week. Cool. It's been a while. It's been a while. So we, I think we've done pimp. We've done pimping our. Oh wait, no. You can also follow us on. You Twitter. You can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, I am at drunk on VHS. 
and I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. I've got a shitload of followers, so come be one of them. And I have a shitload of followers as well who are, who yes, are probably do. pissed off at me because I don't nearly tweet as much as I should these days. I miss you on I the know, Twitter. I know. I really, I really, I keep telling myself I need to go back, I need to go back. But the problem is in order to be on Twitter regularly, like shit has to happen in your life. Hmm. And, and no, shit doesn't no. happen in my life. You know? Yeah, shit. But that's how my brain works. Like, I can't think of anything interesting to say unless shit's going on in my life. And I just, like, sit in my house these days, you know? I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess I do have some things going on. Like, uh, like on Wednesday, I've got my my very first. Uh, well, I guess it'd be tonight uh, because this will be this will be posted <laughs> on Wednesday. So today, uh, I have my my very first ever uh, solo ukulele show. Yeah. Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, it's a big surprise. So anybody who listens to this before the show will get the surprise before it happens. But uh, since since my listenership in Connecticut is about nil, um, it's not likely going to happen. But Mo, how long does it take to take a flight from Algeria to Connecticut? <laughs> I would imagine several hours. <laughs> I would imagine we're still huge in Algeria, yeah, by the still, way. Everybody still getting huge numbers in Algeria. Um, you know the. Uh, the and uh, and drunk on v- the new drunk on VHS got some pretty good numbers from Algeria too, so I'm happy about that because we're. I, I, I should probably mention that too. It's like if you're if you're subscribed, if you're a subscriber to No Budget Nightmares, you will automatically get the new drunk on VHS episodes because they're sharing the same space. Mo forced me to do oh, this, by the way. <laughs> Mo, who does our opening theme music? Though? I don't know. I found oh, really? it online. Yeah, oh, okay. it's just, it's just I, random... I, I only mentioned it because it reminds me of the, the music for Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> uh, that show, <laughs> Robert Stack. I love it. It creeps I me think, out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, that's, that's, I think it's actually like a weird sort of like dubstep remix of like some Puppet Master mu- music. Hmm. Now I like it less. <laughs> <laughs> but it does sound a lot like the, the Unsolved Mysteries music. I'm glad, I'm glad I wasn't the only one who thought so. Booyah. Mo, why are there so many songs about rainbows? Thanks. <laughs> he play- All right, let's finish up. I think we're done here. We've uh, destroyed this terrible fucking movie. We've prepared for the next movie, which is going to be awesome. And then, the, and then the, and we've, uh, and we really got to think like hard about what we're going to do the following week after that, because that episode is going to come out on the 4th of July, which I know it doesn't mean shit to you, but means a lot to me. Uh, it's three days after Canada Day, so it's still important oh, to me. See, and, oh, which which means that in between co- also comes my birthday. So that is a very important week. We're going to go balls that out that week. Awesome Not week. like this week when we were kind of iffy, but that time we're going to that week. That week we need to come up with a really good, a really good movie to watch for uh, to celebrate those three, those two really awesome events and one kind of minor one. Well, I'll start thinking right now. <laughs> awesome. All right. Goodbye, everybody. The podcast you're currently listening to is part of the Second Unit Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at 2upn.blogspot.com or on our Facebook (laughs) under the Second Unit Podcast Network. Our fantastic list of shows include... Drunk on VHS. We came from the basement. The After Movie Diner. Something Weird This Way Comes. With Rue and Mo. No Budget Nightmares. And Doctor Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Commentaries. 
the Second Unit Podcast Network, bringing you the action, leaving the boring stuff to the other guys. Oh my god, there's been a blue diamond Phillips pile up on the highway! Hello, Governor. <laughs> Hello, Governor. <laughs> hey, we're going up the apples and pears. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. That's right. International affair. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was all right. That turned out okay, considering that the movie was fucking awful. 